to Garden Plots with King Skeletor, the only gardening podcast by your lord and sovereign. For like a week. You're still king in name only for like a week. That's right. For only a week longer. Presuming nothing untoward happens during the coronation. (laughs) Did you just evil chuckle? Why would I do that? Evil chuckling is reserved for evil plans. Magnificent genius plans that will put me in power forever, and that is certainly not something that I'm currently crafting. (laughs) Okay, on one hand, I appreciate that you're evil chuckling again, but only because your ennui is so much worse. On the other hand, still a weird mix of annoying and unsettling. Resonant and triumphant, I think you mean? If you listeners notice a little more background noise this episode, that's because we are on a nature walk. And we're recording it on my phone because the contractarians, which are somehow a very real thing, have done something to the front door. I never liked that door anyway. I'm glad they bricked it over. So I guess this is us on a walk to try and find a way back inside. It's a nature walk. Besides, there was definitely another door around here somewhere. Sure. Don't take that doubting tone with me. I made sure this evil fortress had the requisite number of fire exits and fire entrances. Well, hopefully you can find one in the next half hour, because I have a thing after this. You have a thing? Yes, that's what I said. What sort of a thing would this be? The sort of thing that's none of your business. Huh. I see my lessons on suspicion and deceit are starting to pay dividends. You're being unusually cagey. No, I'm not. It's just not a big deal. Besides, you're supposed to be teaching me about nature and stuff, not paranoia. I see what you are doing, but as this is a prime opportunity for feral foliage... I will drop the subject, for now. Feral foliage! Consider this butterfly weed here, for instance. It is a bushy perennial in the milkweed family that has clusters of orange blossoms. As the name would suggest to anyone with one drop of deductive acumen, this wildflower is attractive to butterflies. It's a pollen and nectar-rich plant that attracts bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds to the area. It also plays host to some butterflies during their larval stage. It grows in many different locations such as prairies, open woodlands, hillsides, and canyons. It's most likely to take root in well-draining sandy soil and doesn't mind dry spells, so if you're living somewhere especially damp, you're unlikely to see it and will struggle to grow it for yourself. If you're somewhere drier and you want to attract pollinators, the butterfly weed is a good choice and will grow from seed or root cuttings. Root cuttings are a topic for another time, but yes, before you whine at me, they are distinct from rooted cuttings. And unless you buy an already mature plant, you are in for two to three years of waiting before you'll see blossoms on your butterfly weed. Two to three years? That's a long wait for flowers. Considering that your parents produced you knowing it would be years before you could feed and clothe yourself, I don't think that two to three years to wait for flowers is excessive. Yeah, but I was busy being adorable and having chubby cheeks and stuff. And no doubt also being both loud and sticky. Plant Parenthood is considerably less demanding in that regard, although occasionally as sticky. But not nearly as cute. And less burdened with unwanted sass. You're welcome. Be aware that if you plant butterfly weed in your garden, you are also likely to attract aphids to it. But that's what ladybugs are for. Unleash a swarm of these vicious devourers, and rest assured that your aphid problem is handled. Unlike this whole door-finding problem, how big is Snake Mountain anyway? Shouldn't we have found a door by now? 
We should have found several, but that's contractarians for you. Just wait. Tomorrow we'll be plagued by doors, and they'll all lead to the same broom cupboard. Evelyn is going to pay for this, both literally and metaphorically. You said that they're superstitious, though. Can't you just scare them off? As it turns out, it takes more to frighten them off than sambaing tools or putting a bedsheet over a ladder to make a ghost ladder. Um, Beastman didn't happen to see that, did he? He did. And before you ask, yes. As far as I know, he is still hiding under his bed. So that's what Beastman was doing under there. Ah! <laughs> Triglops. Oh, glad it's just you, but also don't sneak up on people like that. I wasn't scared. Sorry. Anyway, I did attempt to coax Beastman out, since I'm uh, in charge of Snake Mountain now. I feel like it was probably my job. I, I tried to lure him out with some string cheese, but he accused me of being in league with the ghost giraffe. So when I told him I didn't know what he was talking about, he made me stick out my tongue to prove I wasn't a giraffe, and I was actually myself, Triclops, and- Uh, what was sticking your tongue out supposed to prove? Uh, giraffes have blue tongues. I knew no good would come of getting him that book of animal fun facts. Well, that would explain why he kept asking if my unfinished business was biting the difficult-to-reach leaves from an acacia tree. I believe your lack of meaningful childhood education is showing through. The word is pronounced acacia. Anyway, the, the tongue thing didn't work. And I think he forgot he was colorblind, so that would explain it. Yeah, that sounds about right. This is kind of a weird question, but do you know where the front door is? I knew where it was. Before Evelyn reneged on her payment obligations to the contractarians. Now? Who can say? It could be on the roof, for all I know. What are you doing out here, anyway? I decided to take a chance and go get the mail. Obviously, that didn't work out as planned. Foolhardy of you. With contractarians on the loose, you're taking your life in your hands just walking to the bathroom. Anyway, you're the one running Snake Mountain for now. Why didn't you delegate? Send someone else to get the mail. I don't know. I guess I've always been the one who gets the mail. <sighs> Look, Manny Faces, you're not just a minion anymore. You have responsibilities now. You can't simply waltz off and go get the mail. It's Triclops. What? We we've been over this before. I'm not Manny Faces. I'm Triclops. Uh, Manny works at the palace. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've been here at Snake Mountain for over a decade now. And I've been dating Manny Faces for a little over a year. By the way, we had the talk. We're officially boyfriends. I don't know why I sound no snippy about this. I guess I'm excited. I guess I'm happy for myself. So I feel qualified to state that he doesn't work here and I'm not him. Whatever. Uh, look. Triclops? Yes. Well, there's your problem right there. That kind of... Milk toast mollycoddling of your self-expectations is setting yourself up for failure from the start. If you want to be a leader instead of a follower, you need to stop being a triclops and start being a duclops. It's not that kind of name. Yeah, Skeletor, jeez, it's not try as an effort, it's try as in three. Because he's got three eyes, you know, like Cyclops means one eye. Now, what are you talking about? Riley... 
if Cyclops meant one eye, then a unicycle would be called a Psy-cycle. Besides, who names a person after their number of eyeballs? It's not like you guys are called Biclops or Noclops. Well, then what does the tri stand for? Tristan! My name's Tristan Klopflenstein! Triclops is just something my soccer coach started calling me in high school, and it kind of stuck. Tristan? What kind of name for a minion is Tristan? You're one to talk, Riley. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. I just always assumed your parents must have been hippies like mine. Didn't you get teased when you were younger for not having a normal name that ended in or or man? Yeah, that did kind of suck. Sorry, Triclops. There's nothing wrong with Tristan. I was just surprised is all. Yes, yes, we all know children are cruel and capricious. Two of their more admirable qualities. It nearly makes up for the unsettling stickiness. Nearly. But reminiscing about the laudable wickedness of pre-adolescence will hardly find us the newly elusive entrance to Snake Mountain. Manny Fe- <sighs> Triclops. Can your x-ray vision provide any hints as to the location of a potential ingress? Yeah, I... I don't do that. I I just have better-than-average peripheral vision. Although the lack of depth perception kind of cancels that out, so... Well, with those staggering abilities, no wonder they put you in charge of Snake Mountain. Forces of good, beware! I don't need x-ray vision to detect your subtle sarcasm. Uh, But if we don't find a door soon, I'm going to leave, and someone else can be in charge, and I'll just go spend the night at Manny's. You'd leave me, your former overlord, to make camp alone? In the woods? That's what you would do. He's got you there. (sighs) Fine. You would probably just get in the way. So, Triclops, how did you and Manny, like, get together? How did you, uh, figure out what to say to him? Oh, you know, the usual stories these days. We we met on SidekicksOnlyPeriodCom. I've got a promo code if you want to sign up. No, uh, no, um, I'm good. I'm not looking to meet anyone else. I mean, anyone. Right now. I meant more like, how did you tell him that you were into him? In like a dating way. I invited him to see my improv group, the Mercenutties, perform, and I was really excited when he showed up, and at first I thought he wasn't that into it, but when I asked the crowd to suggest a situation that they'd like to see me in, he stood up and said, Dinner at my place! Uh, And I took the hint. That's kind of sweet, in a horrific, publicly embarrassing sort of way. Yeah, I could tell he was nervous, too, because he changed into his robot face to say it. Uh, Pretty adorable, actually. Aw. Riley, what did I tell you about encouraging anecdotes that center around improvisational comedy? Don't. Precisely. It only leads to more improvisational comedy. Is that what you want? Now hand me a leaf-it-to-me question. I need something to cleanse that saccharine story from my mental palate. And what, you think I just carry listener questions with me at all times? This was an impromptu walk, remember? Why Why don't you check email? Maybe someone sent one there? Riley, is there something on my face? Why are you looking at me like that? Email! Of course, I forgot we had one of those. I know you did. Ah, it's too bad the computer is inside. It is a real shame. Well, why don't you check on your phone, Riley? Phones can do that? Yeah. Huh. Perhaps I should look into that. 
Ever since I melted my phone trying to remove Trapjaw's accursed PLAP program from it, I've been using the Havoc staff to do basic calls and online searches. I wasn't planning on replacing my device, but if I could get emails on it... Wait, Riley, they let you have an email? Uh, I'm not sure who they is, but yeah, why? Well, it hardly seems as though you would qualify. Qualifies what? What do you... Oh. He thinks the E stands for evil, doesn't he? No, I don't. I know that the E stands for exactly what it stands for. Ah, crap. We've embarrassed him at a vulnerable moment. Now he's going to overcompensate wildly unless we can distract him. I think you only brought it up because you don't know what it is and are trying to trick me into telling you. Well, I am too smart for the likes of you. You might just want to go ahead and find a leaf it to me. I'm looking, I'm looking. If you know so much about what the E in email stands for, how about you tell us all now? Just get it out in the open so we can mock you for your ignorance and your pathetic attempts to obfuscate and misdirect. Skeletor, here's one. Dear almighty blah blah blah. What? How dare they? I mean, that's not what they wrote. I'm just cutting to the chase. Adoration of me is the chase. It is arguably the most important part. Mm, No. Anyway... I've been very inspired by your Gardens Not Lawns initiative. Oh god, this just goes on like that for a while. Let me skim down. You will do no such thing. Just give me your phone. It sounds better when I do it anyway. No chance. I might get a text and I don't want you reading it as it pops up. Oh, from who? Uh, uh, I believe you mean from whom? But the answer is I don't care about your little high school friends, so it doesn't matter. Look, the basic point is that they want to know what time of day to water. Ah. Uh... That has absolutely no grab for the listening audience. First of all, my parents were going to keep listening no matter what, and they're the only people that I can guarantee listen to this show. Second, just answer the question. I've got like five minutes before my heart out. I will remember this. I'll write it down in a special notebook I have titled, All the Ways That Riley Has Wronged Me. I'll take the odds of you forgetting before you can actually find your way back to the studio. No, I hold on to spite forever. As you, listeners, should hold on to your watering can between 5 and 9 o'clock in the morning. What? You want me to hold on to it while I'm sleeping? No, and I think you know that. I want you to get up, get out of bed, go outside, and water your plants. You want it to be late enough that it will not be too cold for the plants, not you, as if your petty feelings about temperature matter. But if you need to put on a coat... Think about your poor plants who do not have that luxury and are growing in whatever haphazard manner or time of year that you managed to actually get them into the ground. However, it is most important that they are watered before it gets too hot. Do you remember a little term from every elementary school science class? A term called evaporation? Well, it is not a myth. I don't think anyone thought it was. People will disbelieve anything if it is inconvenient. Mm, really? I mean... I believe in evaporation, but that's still not enough to get out of bed during single-digit hours. That are in the a.m. at least. 6 p.m. is fine, I guess, but I don't need to see the prequel. If you water your plants when it is too hot, much of the water will evaporate before it can make it to the plant roots, which is exactly where water is supposed to be. In order to reduce water waste, water close to the roots rather than spraying them willy-nilly like Whiplash when he tried hooking the hose up to his amp. I've got a better plan. How about I just water my plants in the afternoon, just as the sun is about to go down? Well, then you would be stressing your plants during the hottest parts of the day. 
Moreover, you are making your plants vulnerable to fungal diseases because the water on the plants will take longer to dry than they would in the mornings. So what is your answer to that, young one? Hmm. Guess I'm not planning outside then. That's the wrong answer. You are supposed to be appropriately chastened and promise to show renewed diligence toward your herbs, vegetables, and flower borders. Come on. Does that really sound like something I would say? Well, it sounds like something you should say. Ah, look! Foxglove! I'd forgotten I planted those for visual interest. It's important to have plants at varying heights in your garden. Why would that matter? The aesthetic, Riley? I would make fun of you, but honestly, that's not a bad reason. Also, they're poisonous, and I feel a certain kinship with things that are both dangerous and magnificent to behold. Do you want me to put the Will It Kill Beastman music here? Look at you, showing an interest in the structure of this podcast. This isn't a moment we're having. I need to know for editing purposes. I've seen you snooping around my collection of rooted peperomia cuttings. You can lie to yourself about your horticultural inclinations, but Skeletor is fooled by nothing. And yes, you can put in the music here. Beastman, on the other hand, is fooled by... Well, everything. Some local hoodlums rang the doorbell and ran away a few weeks ago, and Beastman insisted that we had to open the door every time because Ghost Whiplash had probably forgotten his keys or something. Why are so many of his concerns ghost-based? It's a whole thing. In addition to being fooled by simple pranks, he is also fooled by simple plants. The foxglove, sometimes known as fairy fingers, grows in tall spikes with rows of bell-shaped blossoms. The name is said to be from folklore that foxes would put them over their paws to dampen sound and better sneak up on prey. Beastman assumed that anything with such a charmingly quaint name couldn't possibly be poisonous, and only by aggressive application of Mr. Squirty, which is what we called the spray bottle, did we manage to prevent him from eating any of the foxglove. Ingesting any part of a foxglove can do immense, even fatal damage to the heart of any creature foolhardy enough to try it. Do not leave any children, pets, or beastmans unsupervised around it for even a moment. Foxglove. Will it kill Beastman? Not if Mr. Squirty has anything to say about it. I have to say, until I was in charge, I didn't realize how much work it is to keep Beastman alive. Yes, each minion is an investment and requires protecting. What? You regularly threaten them. Well, yes, they also require motivation and correction and sometimes a turn on the rack, but I wasn't paying those insurance premiums for my own amusement, you know. Each minion must be at the peak of health to perform their minionly duties. Yeah, I'll be honest, the hench care is at least 50% of the reason to work here. The vision and dental are unbelievable, if very aggressive. Okay, I am willing, conditionally, to hear more about this boring adult stuff. How an attorney is vision care aggressive? I have 20-20-20-20-20 vision, but they still made me get glasses just in case. And then Skeletor said that bifocals weren't good enough, and he demanded trifocals, which I don't know, is that a thing? The last thing an evil scheme needs is any of you missing a crucial detail due to faulty vision. I wanted each of you to focal at the peak of optical capacity. Better than peak. Each of you should be in a state of wellness that is unheard of. You should be effervescent with health. I have to get my teeth professionally cleaned four times a year. 
five if I take advantage of the popcorn machine in the movie theater lounge. I'm glad Evelyn had the good sense to leave that room alone, at least. All right, fair enough. That's pretty aggressive. Too bad had to get braces on his teeth, and they're perfect. Uh, They could be more perfect. Maybe a little too perfect. When he smiles now, there's sort of an overpowering charismatic glow. He once smiled at Evelyn, and she actually blushed. I'm surprised to learn that there's blood in the veins of that traitorous and not ice. Wait, cease your walking. Does that moss look familiar to you? Well, it bears a strong family resemblance to every other clump of moss we've seen. Yes, but but this one has a little fluffy bit that is lighter green than the rest, and I think I saw this exact clump of moss not too long ago. Are you saying that we've been going in a circle? Yes, we are literally going in a circle around Snake Mountain. This is not news. Right, but I thought the question is, how many times have we gone around it without finding a door? Good hecking point. Another good point. Was that a wolf? (laughs) Oh, Riley, we don't have wolves around here. Okay, good. We have wolf bats. Like giant bats? No, 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 like wolves that are also bats. But they're terribly dangerous. Really, I thought you were taking zoology. Oceanography. Now, uh, not that the wolf bats change anything, but they totally do, so... Oh, wait, we don't know that we've made it all the way around Snake Mountain yet. Surely the Contractarians wouldn't take all the doors. Maybe they're just hidden. Nope, doesn't matter. We still haven't found a door in yet, and I need to get going. Hey, Triclops, can you give me a ride back to Eternos, please? Yeah, no problem. Thanks. And you're just going to abandon me. Uh, unless you want to come stay the night at my house. It's game night, and I'm sure my parents would probably be fine with getting the spare bedroom ready if you're willing to play backgammon. Do you want to do that? No. What I want is to find a way back to my own room in my own evil fortress. Okay, well then, yes, you're being abandoned. Um, good luck finding your bedroom. Or at least, you know, a door. I'm sure I'll be perfectly fine. Are you sure? That was just my stomach. I'll need to find some edible roots and berries soon. I've got some breakfast bars. How about you take them just in case? You have a very soft leadership style, but (sighs) thank you for the breakfast bars. No problem. Uh, Come on, Biclops. We better get going. Well, I'll see you hopefully next week. Yes, you will. And you, pod fans, will be graced with my plentiful presence again as soon as recording allows. Try to keep your botanical boneheadedness to a minimum until then. Garden Pots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond, Megan Bob, and Nathaniel Hubbard, and edited by Dan Mulcairin. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina, and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairin. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairin. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairin. Triclops is played by James D'Amato. Merman is played by Nathaniel Hubbard. Additional music from filmmusic.io from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at GardenPlotsWithSkeletor at gmail.com, on Twitter at Garden underscore Plots, or through our website GardenPlotsWithSkeletor.carrd.co. 
If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can donate to Skeletor Schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash gardenplotswithskeletor. Thanks for listening. Listeners, this may be the last you hear from me. Presuming Riley finds my Havoc staff and listens to this voice note I've left, I have found a door. It could lead anywhere. It may lead to the hot water heater, or it may lead into one of the many traps I have sprinkled throughout my evil fortress, or it could lead to a chaos dimension that will trap me forever. But Skeletor fears nothing! Skeletor! Welcome to the speakeasy! Oh. Huh. You know, I didn't really have any expectations, but... This is much nicer than the expectations that I didn't have. You know, a lot of first-time patrons have that reaction. Glad you finally stopped by. I think most everyone in Eternos has been here by now. What's your poison? Oh, I I prefer strychnine or cyanide, but we'll use apricot kernels when I'm feeling creative. But I'm not on an assassination right now. Can you just point me toward a door that leads back into the castle proper? Ooh, no can do, your evilness. There used to be one near the bathrooms, but it disappeared after I showed up for my shift on Wednesday. Must be the contractarians thing right now, I suppose. You don't say. I wonder why they left the door to the speakeasy. Well, it's not the server's fault that Evelyn shafted the contractarians. I guess they wouldn't want to keep the employees from working. Well, it's not my fault either. Mm, debatable. Do you think I could get into the castle through the air ducts? It has been a long day of gardening and evil, and I'm very ready for some sleep. Yeah, I wouldn't risk it. You don't know how to find your bedroom, do you? Well, it can't have gone far. That's okay. You can sleep here. I made a bed up behind the bar. That would be... acceptable, I suppose. Uh, Just for tonight, until I find my way back. Dibs on being the little spoon! (sighs) Fine.